Wednesdays with Walton on Scoops with Danny Mack, and we're going to get into the Arizona Fall League. Tons to get into. If you're currently sideways with the IRS, you have years of unfiled tax returns keeping you up at night, facing tax liens, bank levies, wage garnishments. Think Mark Milton. If you have IRS problems, visit stltaxlawyer.com today. And remember, the choice of a lawyer, an important decision, should be not based totally on uh, advertisements and also Rottler Pest Solutions. Rottler Pest Control, the most trusted family owned pest control company in the region. Waterproofing issues, think Stratum Structural Systems. Stratum. Stratum is the best. Any kind of waterproofing issues, find them on the web. Stratum Structural Systems. Let's bring in Brian Walton, who's been out at the Arizona Fall League and lots to get into because the Cardinals have had a prominent presence with the Arizona Fall League and the Arizona All-Star Game and Home Run Derby is completed this past weekend. Hey, Brian, as always, good morning and thanks for being with us. It's a pleasure to join you every week, Dan, and especially when I can uh, see live baseball for a week like I've been able to do in Arizona. Yeah, what's it been like for you? Give us, uh, our listeners, a little idea of what's it been like. Well, the Arizona Fall League plays a number of games in the day, but they also have evening games as well. And uh, they're all open to fans, very reasonably priced. Uh, and then, of course, the Fall Stars game was this Sunday night, preceded the day before by the uh, Home Run Derby. And uh, Jordan Walker, who is second in the league, tied with several guys with five home runs, opted to not participate in the Home Run Derby, which made that a little less exciting for me. But uh, Walker, Wynn, uh, Tink Hentz, uh, and Connor Thomas were all uh, prominent in the Fall Stars win Saturday night, so Sunday night, excuse me. So that was uh, nice to see the Cardinals. Of all the organizations down here, probably the Cardinals have the the best group of prospects in terms of how the National Raiders see them. The overall pitching in the league uh, is down quite a bit this year, and so the offenses are pretty uh, robust. It's been interesting with Connor Thomas because he had to find a pitch to get right-handers off the plate, and it looks that he's it looks like he's really done that with a cutter uh, in talking with Jason Isringhausen. It's been a pitch that's been very effective for him, hasn't it? Yes, it has. And I have an interview with Connor Thomas. I spoke with him uh, right after he uh, pitched the first inning in the Fall Stars game. And interestingly enough, he did not use the cutter at all in his eight-pitch inning in the Fall Stars game. It's still a pitch that he doesn't have complete confidence in, to be honest. And that's the reason he didn't throw it during the regular season as his results continued to slide. And one of the questions I asked him, folks can listen to the interview uh, if you subscribe, you know, I said, well, why didn't you try it sooner? You know, your second half, your ERA was slipping above five, above six, you know, but he just said, uh, you know, that um, it had been mentioned to him almost offhand by Mike Maddox in spring training. He kind of tinkered around with it. As you said, he talked to Izzy briefly about it, and Thomas kind of uh, underestimated that. He kind of said, well, you know, Izzy probably didn't even remember talking to me, but he said, you know, he kind of put all those inputs together, and then down here in the Fall League, he's done that, but Thomas's point is that he's not even, just the fact that folks know that he's got that in his arsenal, it makes his other pitches play better, and you know, in all fairness, and we talked about this a little bit before, Connor Thomas was a guy a year ago at this time I thought was going to end up being kind of like Zach Thompson turned out to be this year, a guy who's a starter in the minors, probably a, a, a long reliever in the majors, but a guy who I thought was going to contribute this season, but he sort of just lost his way. Now, he made his starts. He, you know, he pitched over 130 innings, so Thomas put in a full season, but I think this um, stint down here in the Arizona Fall League has opened the eyes of the Cardinals to that he's a guy that probably should be protected uh, from the Rule 5 draft or he's going to get picked up by somebody else. Yeah, we did see, and we touched upon this last week with the 40-man roster. The big slugger is now 
protected with the 40-man. So there's been some adjustments with the 40-man, and I guess moving forward we may see a few more as we get closer to those uh, those dates that guys do need to be protected. That's right. Once once the two guys on the 60-day injured list, uh, Alex Reyes and Drew Verhagen, are added back in, which they will be, then the Cardinals will be at 37. And it was at 36, but as you mentioned, uh, Moises Gomez was added to the 40-man on, on Monday. And the reason for that, uh, that doesn't mean that the Cardinals aren't going to add other guys, but Mo- Moises Gomez's situation was unique because he was a minor league free agent last year. And so the way the minor league rules work, if a, a guy uh, is a minor leaguer, he can – uh, again, become a minor leaguer every a free agent every year after that first time in free agency. So, if the Cardinals didn't add Gomez to the roster within five days after the completion of the World Series, he could move elsewhere, and that's something the Cardinals didn't want to do. After Gomez, you know, led that led all of minor league baseball with his 39 home runs. Yeah, he struck out 34. Uh, 35% of the time. So, you know, he's not a, a finished product yet, but he's a guy that is going to be able to contribute in some way, I think. And, and that's why the Cardinals added Moises Gomez to the roster. Well, we know everybody's curious about Jordan Walker. Give me your impression of seeing him in person in Arizona. What did you take away? Well, he's still a physical specimen. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Uh, he can run, he can hit, he's big, he's strong. He's the guy. He's the number one prospect in all of baseball down here in the fall league. And every time uh, he's on the field, there are reporters around him. There are scouts around. There are people around him all the time. Uh, nice as dad. Uh, Derek was down here for the Fall Stars game and uh, spent some time with Jordan on the field. But, you know, I think – and, and um, I have an interview with Jordan Walker up at the Cardinal Nation as well, so folks can listen to, to Jordan talk about it. But he's still a very, you know, modest – uh, unassuming guy. He he knows you know the focus is on him, uh, but he's not thinking about uh, you know when he's going to reach the majors. He's learning you know focusing on becoming a better outfielder, and he's you know still focusing on his hitting. As good as it's been, you know he's not satisfied, and I think that's the sign of a, of a future star. Boy, I was talking to some of the Cardinals uh, personnel, and uh, he's the complete package, Brian. I- I'm sure you found that out when you were sitting down with him. And what I mean by that, I- it's it's not only the physical tools, but he's just a, a really good kid. I mean, he's just a, a very nice young man, uh, driven young man, and-, and just everything that you want out of a professional athlete. That's true. And, uh, you know, one of the areas that folks are, you know, wondering about with Jordan Walker is how about his outfield play? And he's uh, playing uh, center and right, both down here in the Fall League. Uh, Jordan Walker had 10 assists from the outfield uh, this year at Double A, and he didn't play outfield, you know, but just half the season. And some of that was certainly other teams were probably testing his arm. But you know, one of his strengths at third base was his arm, and there's no doubt. And, and you know, he's very, very good uh, uh, on his feet. And so, you know, I, I think Jordan Walker is going to be an effective right fielder. There's no doubt about it. I, I'm not saying he's going to be with St. Louis day one next spring, but I'm not saying that's out of the possibility realm of possibility either. What'd you see out of Mason Wynn? Mason Wynn, you know, he's another guy that, you know, there were questions about Mason's Wynn past. He got into some trouble when he was a high schooler and was an immature guy. But I was really, really impressed when I sat down with Mason Wynn uh, with his maturity. Uh, he understands where he is as a player. He understands what he needs to continue to do. Um, he's capable and ready to play second base as well as shortstop if needed. Uh, he still misses pitching, which, you know, you would expect for a guy who can throw over 100 miles an hour. 
Um, but, you know, he's a guy that um, has really benefited. Uh, there was a, another shortstop, Jordan Lawler, from the uh, Diamondbacks, who was also on his fall league team here. And unfortunately for him, Lawler got hurt. But that opened the door for Wynn to play, you know, pretty much every day at shortstop. And he's hitting the ball uh, exceptionally well down here. And, and he was named, uh, of course, to the Fall Stars team as well, along with Jordan Walker. So Mason Wynn has an OPS uh, about 760, 770 right now, uh, 8 RBI. But the most impressive thing I think that Mason Wynn has done down here is he has 12 walks against just eight strikeouts. So he's showing the kind of eye that you want to see from a guy at the top of the lineup. And he views himself as a, as a leadoff man because he can certainly run. He, you know, all the attention was on Mike Antico and his 63 stolen bases. Well, walk, well, Mason Wynn stole 43 this season as well with a very, very high success rate. But he often batted second in Springfield, and that's what he's batting down here in, in the um, uh, fall league as well. So Mason Wynn is the kind of guy that looks like, you know, with a high OBP, uh, and, but also has some patience at the plate uh, if another guy's on ahead of him who's ready to steal. Uh, Antico was very complimentary about when uh, batting behind him when they did that at Springfield this year. Tinkent is such an interesting character because of the velocity and he can pitch up in the zone, probably needs to develop a, a little bit better of a changeup, but it looks like the numbers have been pretty good at the Arizona Fall League. Yeah, Tink Hens is in a unique situation here in that he can come out and throw one inning at a time, and so you know he can let it loose. But he hasn't really been. Interestingly enough, uh, when I had the gun on Tink Hens, he never topped 95, and we know he can throw upper 90s, if not triple digits. But he's you know showing good control. He's moving his pitches around. So like a lot of guys, you know he's not necessarily uh, throwing the ball as hard as he can all the time, but he's trying to become a better pitcher because you know he can get away he can get away with with mistakes and and high velocity pitches in the Florida State League. But, you know, he's going to be moving up in competition probably pretty rapidly, I would hope, next year. Uh, I can't imagine he would spend all year at, at Peoria. I'm, I'm hoping that he does the kind of thing, maybe not as quick as uh, Graceffo and McGreevy did this year, but start at Peoria. Uh, and if he dominates the Midwest League, you know, seeing Tank Hens at double-A at uh, 21 would be, a, would be a nice thing to see because, you know, he's, he's, a slight, he's a much slighter build guy than, say, you know, he's not a big Jordan, 6'5 Jordan Walker guy. And I think that's part of the reason the Cardinals have you know, moved him maybe a little more slowly because he's not a big guy. But we've seen pitchers with a, with a slider build be very successful in the major leagues as well. And Tank Hentz you know, certainly um, has scouts excited and is a guy that's going to move up the national prospect list this, this uh, uh, spring, is, I'm sure. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about it. So what's next for these guys with the Arizona Fall League? What's, what's the schedule like for them as we head towards Thanksgiving? Well, today, Wednesday, will be the second-to-last day for Salt River. Uh, the, the regular season ends on Thursday, and then the top two teams play a, fr a playoff game on Friday and then the league championship on uh, Saturday. So the um, uh, in Salt River, the team the Cardinals guys are on, while they're only six games out of first place, they've already been eliminated. So a couple more games, and these guys will pack it up and go home and rest for the winter, although I would imagine – uh, most, if not all of them, will probably see it winter warm-up since uh, the Cardinals typically bring in some of the, the top prospects in the organization for that event in uh, January. Absolutely. And then um, for as you look in and kind of give us a big picture, what, what were your takeaways from watching the Arizona Fall League? Just give me some big picture ideas of especially Cardinal prospects, but just you're down there you know, this past week or so. What, what were your takeaways in just watching this? 
Well, as I said, Dan, the offense has really been king this year. I mean, I don't know. I have to look at what the the aggregate league ERA is, but it's it's somewhere between five and six. So, you know, the pitching. A lot of the organizations really didn't send pitching for some reason. Um, and this was something that became obvious at Fall Stars time. The American League teams down here had a grand total of one top 100 prospect in baseball, Jason Dominguez, where the National League teams in the aggregate had a dozen top 50 prospects in the game. So I'm not really sure why that is, but you know, typically pitchers, uh, you know, pitch a long, long season, uh, and and so the guys that come down here are typically guys that they want to get some more innings who uh, for who were hurt during the year or ineffective. So I think that's one of the things. Certainly seeing Connor Thomas uh, pitch, even though, you know, he may not necessarily be throwing that cutter all the time, it's increased his confidence. And as he said, it's made his other pitches effective. It's been good uh, to see Connor Thomas, but I want to just make sure I don't pass up one guy. And that's Ryan Lautos, who was the, you know, the undrafted free agent uh, from this, from the area there who pitched at three levels this year and really, uh, had, he got banged around in his first couple outings, but has pitched really, really well since. And, uh, you know, he's a reliever, um, who could play himself into the uh, into the picture in the future? Absolutely, uh, all that coverage. By the way, I've been following it at thecardinalnation.com, and Brian and I uh, visit every Wednesday. But uh, I know you've got a ton of that coverage up, and I'm sure plenty of that coverage still to come at thecardinalnation.com, Brian. Yeah, one of the things I like to do is I like to get action shots of the players, uh, whether they're at the plate or on the mound, or they're in the dugouts, or they're throwing bullpens, or they're just uh, you know joking around or signing autographs. So. I've taken several thousand, so I can't even know how many. I've got to go through them all yet. But I'm going to be putting up uh, groups of uh, two or three dozen photos at a time so folks can see uh, these ballplayers in action down here. As I said, we already have interviews up with uh, Jordan Walker and uh, Connor Thomas, and uh, there'll be interviews coming with Mason Wynn and Mike Antico and maybe a few more as well. So, you know, we'll continue to have content even after the Arizona Fall League ends. And then uh, next week, by this time, we will have started our top 50 countdown uh, for prospects for 2023. And we'll dive into that next week. Thanks, Brian, as always. Great stuff. And again, go to thecardinalnation.com. Thanks, Brian, so much. I appreciate your time. Talk to you next week, Dan.